Welcome back to the Verified Christian Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Jenkins, along with my co-host, Matthew Oquichani. We're excited to be able to come back together with you today and study some more of Hebrews chapter 11. Where we left off last time, we uh, we studied verses 1 through 3, and this week we're going to talk about verses 4 through 6. And so I'm excited to be able to get into that study. So as we do transition into that study, why don't you read that for us, verses 4 through 6. Matthew, if you don't mind. Yeah, so in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning of verse 4, again, remember reading from the ESV version. It says, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commanded as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And also in verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commanded, or commended, excuse me, as having pleased God. So really in this episode, Jonathan, we can look at verses 4 through 6, and that's what this this episode is going to be about, verified by faith, continuing our study in Hebrews 11. But why do you think that Abel was verified by his faith by offering a sacrifice to God? To answer your question there, Matthew, I think the best way we can approach that is to just define that word offer. When we offer something, we're bearing toward, we're bringing to, or we are presenting to. Um, There are several different definitions in Scripture or several different ways that the word here is used. Uh, Sometimes it's used as as the term brought, offered, bring, dealeth, doeth, presented, um, there's so many different uses there, but just to put it bluntly, it's it's saying that uh, it's presenting. And as Christians, Romans chapter 12, as we discussed last season, we are to live our lives in sacrifice to him, a living sacrifice. So I'm offering up a living sacrifice. And the way I offer that living sacrifice is by doing what's acceptable. By doing what is good. And that's and what Abel did. Exactly. Abel did in his sacrifice that was pleasing. So we know, based on Romans 12, 1 through 2, that we as Christians live a living sacrifice toward God. That's through how faith. We're pleasing, through faith. And that's yeah. how we're pleasing to God is through a living sacrifice to Him. Yeah. And if we're going to be verified as Christians, as the real deal, then we're going to have to do it the way that God has told us is acceptable. Right. That's exactly why the last part of this verse discusses the point that his uh, he being dead yet speaketh. I mean, it says, though he died, he still speaks. His actions spoke louder than his words, and we're still talking about Abel and his example all these years later. The, fam- the first family on the earth, yeah. and yet his offering is still being discussed 2,000 years after yeah. the word has been completed. And uh, here we are discussing it, bringing application to our lives through the faith. So, his works followed him. They did. His actions were remembered. And I think about that movie, Troy, you know, and and I'm pretty a big movie buff. And, you know, what Achilles said to that young guy, he said, that Thessalonian you're fighting, that's the biggest man I've ever seen. He said, I don't want to fight him. And Achilles looked at him and said, well, that's why no one's going to remember your name. Yeah. I mean, well, if we're not willing to do what God has asked us to do, faith without works is dead. It's not going to make a difference yeah. what we're saying we believe or not. Show me you believe it. Yeah. You know, there's one thing to say it, but there's another thing to do it. And Abel did it. Yeah. Abel was told what to do to have a pleasing sacrifice, and he did it. Same Amen. for the Christian. 
I mean, that's that is the point right there. Boom. Let your actions speak that that you believe. Let the way that I live my life show what I truly believe in and my convictions. If I if I don't live my life by uh, if I say I'm a Christian and I don't live my life with God, uh, by godly morals and by the commandments of God, trying my best to do that which is pleasing to Him, then what am I doing? Yeah, I'm wasting my time. Uh, matter of fact, didn't He not say that the Jewish people uh, were the same way whenever Jesus cursed the fig tree? The whole point in cursing the fig tree was to draw attention to the fact that that tree was showing that it bared fruit, yet it did not bear fruit. The Jewish people outwardly looked the part, but inwardly were not that part right. that God was looking for. If we're going to be verified by our faith, then first of all, that faith has to be put into action. Yeah, Jonathan. And, and so Proverbs 15 verse 8 tells us that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. So we definitely know that there can be a sacrifice that God is not pleased with. And I think about Nadab and Abihu, and I think about Cain's sacrifice. And so as a Christian, Romans 12, verse 1 through 2, tells us that we need to be, or to have a life of, of a living sacrifice. That's not what Matthew wants to do. It's not what Jonathan wants to do. It's what God would have me to do. Right, and, and just to kind of play off of that, if, if you don't mind, I'll go over to Leviticus 10 to talk about Nadab and Abihu. Um, in, again, I'm reading from the ESV. It says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, uh, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid uh, the incense on it and offered unauthorized fire. Uh, the King James Version says, Strange fire before the Lord which he had not commanded them. And verse two says, and the fire came up out, uh, came out from the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. What we need to take note of here is the very fact that what they offered was not authorized by God. It was not acceptable right. to God. And we don't play. When we're bringing something to God, it needs to be pleasing to him. Uh, many people may look at me and you and, and, and may even call us, uh, legalists or, or extremists at times because of the fact that we take the words so seriously and we want to be pleasing to him. Uh, you know, one of the things that we live by, I think, was uh, I, I, I think the person that coined this phrase was Alexander Campbell when he said, we speak where the Bible speaks and we're silent where the Bible is silent. Um, that's the goal, though. Yeah. If I'm doing something outside of the author, authority I have in Scripture, then how do I know it's pleasing to God? That's right. You're playing. You're playing with fire. Strange yep. fire. You're offering strange fire to God. Boom. Awesome way to put that, man. And I'm thankful that you did say it that way. It brings this to, so much to life, man. Our our sacrifice that we give and that we offer up should be pleasing to Him. And if not, uh, we're missing the mark, man. Yeah, message us, guys. If you have a question about that verse or further, if you have a comment or something about that, let us know. Message us. We'd love to hear from y'all. Yeah, a verified life lived by faith must also be, uh, you know, when we worship him, that's another thing I always like to bring up when we talk about Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. You can't really get past Leviticus 10, 1 and 2 without talking about the manner of worship which God has approved. Yep. Okay, when That's we right. talk about this manner of worship which God has approved within the scriptures of the New Testament, 
he has told us, first of all, in John, tw- uh, John chapter 4 and verse 24, they God that, is a spirit. Yeah, and they, they that worship, worship him, him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In so, spirit and in truth. So in I'm truth going meaning to that we, to there's be, a false way that we could worship God because he says in truth. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. If I'm going to worship him in spirit and in truth, um, where is truth? Well, his word. That is what I do. Yeah. I go back to that standard by which we are judged. That that standard by which we we bring all things to remembrance. Uh, John chapter seventeen and verse seventeen says, "Sanctify them with truth. Thy word, word is, is truth. truth." And so I'm going to have to live my life through the authority that I find within Scripture and not anything outside of it. Uh, when God tells me that I need to do something, I need to do it in the manner and way which He has commanded. Right. Anything outside of that would be strange fire. That's right. Unauthorized. And I'll go ahead and say instrumental music. Instrumental music. We've got to be careful when we worship the Lord to make sure we are doing it in the manner that is pleasing to him. One of the things that I note every time that we worship together on the first day of the week, I don't take lightly when the person leading the prayer says, Lord, let this be in a manner which is pleasing to you. That's right. Yeah. That's all that That's our goal matters. is. It's not our, for entertainment purposes. It's for worship to God. The The Christian's goal should be that God is smiling upon him. Boom. Yes, absolutely. That The offering that we are lifted up, that we have presented to him. Like Abel's, like everybody that's gone on before, their lives is pleasing those righteous, to God. Those righteous sacrifices, those ones that were done acceptable and in the authority that God had given, went up to God as a sweet-smelling savor. Is my sacrifice, is my life going up to God and being presented to Him as a sweet-smelling savor? I need to ask myself that question. Right. That's a good verse, great verse. Now, in verse 5, we see the faith of Enoch. Yeah. Um, Let me read that, 11 verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commanded as having pleased God. And I I love that, that he didn't even see death, Jonathan. No, he walked with God, man. And go, go back to Genesis 5, verse 22, and read that with us. It says, Enoch walked with God. Yeah, with him. Uh, An intimate relationship, beautiful statement by the word of God. He walked with him after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. So we see that Enoch never tasted death. He was a righteous man. So righteous, Jonathan, that God took him, that he didn't have to experience physical death. You know what's awesome about this? As Christians, when we're living a life by faith, you and I don't have to experience death. Because the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 through 57, that death has no sting. Mm -hmm. The grave has no victory. We become victors, verse 57, through Christ. God has given us that power over death through Christ. Amen. We don't have to taste the sting of death. Paul even talks about it. If it's in that verse, where is your sting, death? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, yeah. grave, where is your, your victory? Yeah. We have conquered death 
because we have a Savior that has conquered it, that has risen from the grave. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. And, and if Jesus never did conquer death, well, we have no hope as Christians. Man. But he did. And if the, the bones of Jesus were ever found and they could prove it, that, w- that would be very troublesome for the Christian, for the faith. But we, we, you know, you're not going to find the bones of Jesus. He rose. He rose. He was out, man. Yeah, exactly. And we have victory over death. He ascended to the Father in Acts chapter 1. And uh, that's what we we note that. Like, they, he's not here. You've got uh, one, <laughs> one of my favorite sermons from preaching school, and I kind of laugh a little bit because um, it, it, it was kind of an inside joke with a lot of us, but one of the sermons that my friend Bradley Smith preached, and it was one that he was kind of known for, uh, the title of it was Still in the Ground. And what he does is he goes through all of these religious leaders like um, Buddha, uh, John Calvin. Um, you, you've got all of these different deities who are people who claim to be deities or people who claim to be religious figures. And what what's, what's up with them? You can still go to their grave. Yeah. You can still go to the spot where they were buried and uh, pay respects, but you can't go to the tomb of Jesus because he's not in a tomb. Right. He lives. He's at the right hand of the Father. Those who others put their faith in. Um, man. Man. You can go to their tombs, man. Yep. But can't you can't Jesus. go to the tomb of Jesus because he's not there. You know, I love what the Bible says, going back to Enoch, Jonathan. Saying that he walked with God, that is a beautiful sentiment to think about. And even as Christians, we can walk with God, so to say. Yeah. And and we read in, in verses like, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. First John so, one seven. Yeah. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And in a certain extent, we can walk with God the same as Enoch. Having we, our blood wash, or having our sins washed away, as we walk in newness of life as a Christian. Yeah, Romans chapter six talks about that. It says that we are baptized. Uh, verses chapter six, verses three and four specifically says, "Know you not that so many of us, as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death? That like as Christ was raised up from the glory, uh, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We are risen." And we have been risen into a new relationship with him. Our relationship with God is an intimate relationship with him. We are made uh, one. Of course, the waters of baptism separate us from iniquity. They separate us from sin. But in that separation, you and I have become joined to the Father. Romans chapter 8, Paul would even emphasize that we are joint heirs with Christ. And so... We're made as equal, sons of God, children of God, if we're walking in the light. We can walk just like Enoch did in a manner that's pleasing to him and not have to have or worry with the sting of death. Right. So another great verse we can make plenty of application to, but let's move on to verse 6. And without faith, man, there's so much in this verse. And without faith... It is impossible to please him, talking about God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists 
and that he rewards those who seek him. Well, what does that say? You can't even begin to be pleasing to God if you don't even have faith that he exists. You need to first believe that he exists and that his word is truth. Without it, throw it out yeah. the window. I, I mean, not to go backwards, but looking at verse 4, here is the proof right here. The reason that Cain was not acceptable and, and Abel, Abel's sacrifice was is because it was offered by faith. It's impossible to please him otherwise. We must draw near to God. How do I draw near to God, though, Matthew? By doing what he says. If you right. love me, keep my commandments. If John you want 14, to be my, 15. Yeah. yeah, and then John 15, verse 14 says, if I want to be his friend, then I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Beautiful. You, you got, can be a friend of Jesus, too. Love it. Amen. And, and that's the only way that we're going to make it. That's it. We must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That's the last part of our six. We must believe that he exists. So therefore, I'm putting my faith in Christ's existence. I'm putting my faith in Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two, where it says that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken to the fathers by the prophets, but hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Who is his son? The one whom he has appointed heir over all things. And by also by whom also he framed the worlds. Guess what this son did? After he had purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the throne of God, on the majesty on high. He literally sits at the right hand of God. And if I put my faith in the fact that Jesus Christ is my mediator, and I live my life by the commands that he has left for me to live and, and live by, then I have this hope of a reward. And there's so many scriptures that tell us about this reward. He rewards those who seek him. And I read Luke 6, verse 35, Jesus saying, Beloved your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. He is kind uh, to the ungrateful and the evil. Notice the, the first part or the middle part of that. Reward will be great. There's so many verses that talks about the reward of the righteous, the reward of the faithful. It's yeah. eternal life. It don't get any better than that. That's right. We might not see um, a reward. we might not see evidence of a reward here on this side, but as Paul would tell those in Romans uh, in Romans eight verse eighteen, um, well specifically verses fifteen through eighteen, he he begins in verse fifteen talking about how they are um, we're no longer uh, we're we're no longer under the spirit of bondage. We don't have that spirit of bondage, right. which is the old law, but now we have this spirit of adoption. As sons. As sons. We're okay, heirs. We're welcomed into the family of God, and we become those joint heirs with God. And at the end of verse 17, it begins to talk about kind of what it's elaborating on in verse 18 as well, where it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time the things that we're going through right now, Matthew, the things that are testing my life and my faith on a daily basis right now are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We're going to be glorified together with him as the end of verse 17 would tell us in Romans 8. It's going to tell us that, hey, if I live by faith and my life is verified by this very faith which I am living in and trusting in and, and, and doing, I don't have to worry. Your because, reward will be great. Because God, when he sees me, is pleased. Mm -hmm. No greater words could be said 
Then what Jesus will say to those who are faithful, come in, thy good and faithful servant, receive the reward. Yeah, it it doesn't mean that we are going to... Somebody told me this one time, and I never forgot it. They said, being a Christian, you and I are not necessarily called to be successful, but faithful. Mm. Uh, Sometimes we're not going to see the benefits of this life here on this side. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 5, he says, And when you pray, you must be like the hypocrites, for they... uh, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Um, We're not doing this for Jonathan's benefit or Matthew's benefit. If I'm living a life that is in sacrifice to Christ, I'm doing this for Christ's benefit. Right. And, And what you said about that earlier, just going back up what you said, I don't want to get too far ahead, but Hebrews eleven thirteen. Those all died in faith, not having received the reward promised. That's yeah. the point of their faith. I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So, us as Christians, we're in the boat of Noah, Abraham, all these guys that came before us. So, they kept that. They kept their faith. They were received their promises. We as Christians either need to. We we have a promise from God that if we are faithful until death we'll receive eternal life yeah. be faithful and we'll receive it God has proven his word over and over again so, I am crucified with Christ nevertheless, nevertheless I live. live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life I now live I live by the faith the of the Son, Son of, of God. God that loved me and gave himself for me Galatians 2.20 I, I've got to remember what Paul said there I've got to remember that my life is lived by the faith that I have in Christ Jesus. And if it's not, then I'm missing it. I'm crucified with him. I don't live after the desires of Jonathan anymore. I live for the desire of Jesus. I live to fulfill his will. Just like Jesus wanted to fulfill the will of the Father. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, Mm -hmm. despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He wanted and pressed toward the goal to please the Father, to fulfill the Father's will. It should be mine and your desires if we are Christ-like Christians, verified Christians, that we seek out the will of the Father and try to, Amen. Try to do it. Amen. And all these men in Hebrews 11, they had a blue check mark by their name. Yeah, just like, <laughs> you know, we, we, we talk about that all the time, about being, being verified. That little blue check mark. Of course, you know, you see so many yeah. of these, and we're going to see so many of these this season in Hebrews 11. Um, it's like check mark after check mark after check mark. And every time that we see them, guess why? Because they were doing what God asked them to do. Amen. How are we going to be pleasing to God, Matthew? Remain faithful, obey his commands. But doing what God asked us to do. That's right. Thank you for your time and attention, and we look forward to getting back with y'all next time on the next episode of The Verified Christian. And also, don't forget to look us up on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. If you are uh, on those platforms, you'll be able to find us now. And if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to us either on that platform or by email at theverifiedchristian at gmail.com.